Uh, so Connor, thanks very much for coming on. Um, how have you been finding the last few months? Yeah, good, Darren. I must say, I'm really enjoying it, actually. Um, look, I've obviously a lot of free time, but um, I've kind of seen it more as an opportunity more than a challenge. So, yeah, just really enjoying it so far. Um, I suppose the last couple of days, right, I've just kind of maybe starting to get a little bit fed up, but for the last eight or eight or nine weeks, I, I've really, really enjoyed it. I must say, I've just enjoyed the, the, the free time and um, just the mental side of things. I got a break in that, which is good. So, yeah, can't complain now so far. Uh, it's a bit of a change nearly from the inter-county setup that uh, most weeks, even earlier in the year, that you'd be training uh, most nights a week. And now suddenly that's been taken away from you. Yeah, it's, it's a massive change. But um, like, like I said, I've just, uh, I've adapted to it really well. I find, um, like, I suppose I've been on the go with the senior team now for 10 years. This is my 10th season and it was kind of my first proper break. So mm. um, I just I welcomed it with open arms, if I'm being honest. Now, listen, I'm like every player, I suppose. You want to be playing the matches and um, I suppose it's uh, the Munster final would have been played in the next couple of weeks. So that's mm. we'll be in the ticket championship now. Whether we'll be there or not is another thing, but it's that time of year that every player loves to be, loves to be playing ball. But um, I must say I've just enjoyed the break from the whole... I've just kind of switched off now. We we yeah. finished training with the last couple of weeks, and and that's nice as well. And I've just had free time to do nothing really, which is I suppose, um, which is what we'd want to be doing like at some stage throughout the season. But we just never never really get the break. So it, it's nice to have that break from it all, really. Yeah, would you? Uh, so we'll uh, move on to Tipperary. Um, Yourself and um, the 21s, you won the Monster Championship in 2010 and the Miners followed that up the next year, winning in All-Ireland. I suppose it was kind of a good uh, period for Tipperary underage football. It was, yeah. And like, it's only kind of when you look back now, you realise how good a period it was, I suppose. Um, we probably didn't think too much of it at the time because we were just stuck in the middle of training or whatever. Mm. But yeah, like winning that Munster, that Munster title, Blanche Lee, was big um, for that group of players. But it was also big for, for for football within the county because we hadn't won it before, and we just we were kind of starved of, I suppose, success and um, and silverware at that time. And then I suppose uh, the following year, then we we had the minors winning the All Ireland. And sure, look, everyone knows how big that is. You know, whatever age group um, or whatever county wins an All Ireland success, it just it brings fantastic around the county and it gave it gave real it gave a lift to I suppose the code within the county and you probably found a lot more players yeah. um or maybe choosing that code the following years. Um so it was definitely it was definitely a good period for us. Now we've kind of been starved again um over the last number of years but definitely that period was good in underage football and of course it kind of transferred then on to the senior team and in, in um the, the years after that. So yeah it was a good period for sure. Yeah, do you think you nearly need that bit of underage success? As you say, Tipperary is probably known best for hurling, and I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of good footballers have chosen hurling rather than football. I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, look, it's we're obviously we're we're so strong at hurling that when you're coming up and you're 16 and you're 17, I suppose players kind of it's more appealing to go for the hurling side of things because you you probably have a better chance of success. And we probably have lost a few players over the years because of that. And and look, you can't you can't blame them either because you can okay. see their point of view. And and if they're good enough to make the hurling, then fair play to them. Um, but yeah, like I think underage success. I think you do need it because 
what we found in the senior team is those younger players coming in, all of a sudden they have great confidence about them because they have beaten, we'll say, Corker, Kerry and Munster and, and they have tasted success. Um, and that that kind of, that reflects then on the whole panel that rubs off on the rest of the lads. And so I definitely think underage success definitely can help a senior team to some degree, yeah, for sure. And especially in Munster, how hard is it for a county like yourselves? You're up against the sort of superpowers against Kerry, Cork. They've nearly, well, especially Kerry now, nowadays, they have conveyor belts of talent running through um, every single year. Yeah, look, it's, it's really hard. I mean, when I when I came on the senior team first, it was carrying the first round of championship for the first four or five seasons. Yeah. And I was just thinking, Jesus, like, you know, is this going to be... And we, You know, we shipped a couple of hidings from back then, but... Um, look, it's things change. Like, I mean, the look of the draw is massive. I mean, if if like we got to the first month, our first month of final in 2016, obviously with a great win over Cork in the semi-final. But then the, the following year we were seeded. You know, so I mean, if you if you can try and get to a provincial final at all, whether you win it or even lose it, then it does make your run or it does make your chances of maybe getting to the last 12 or or, or the quarter final that bit easier. So. You know, yes, it is tough. It is tough playing against those top teams, but I mean, like it's great. I mean, you're you're getting challenged every year, and you're playing against the best. And look, we haven't been beaten, Kerry, but um, it's still there's those teams you want to play, and like you know, you test yourself against the best. So like, it's it's good in a way, you know. But like I said, it only takes one win, like us in 2016, and you get to the provincial final, and like we saw it in, anything can happen, you know. Yeah, we'll move on to 2016 in just a minute, but would you actually nearly like the championship to be restructured? I've been asking nearly a few people about that. Maybe keep the provincials March, April, and then sort of restructure that you're playing teams of a similar level? Um, yeah, I do. I, I agree with it to a certain degree. I think, um, like, first of all, I'd be all for keeping the provincials. I just, I just yeah. love Munster Championship football, whatever it is about it. Um, so I'd be all for keeping the, the provincial side of things. But yeah, I do think um, just for overall, I suppose, fairness, fairness and competitiveness for the whole country, I think I think a two-tier is the way to go because I just think there's there's too many one-sided games throughout the country. And mm. like I think once the football season starts, you know, a lot of the time you're just waiting for the latter end of it to get the good games. Um, and like I can see from... A spectator's point of view and a player's point of view. And yes, you want to be playing the top teams, but like, if you've no real actual chance of beating them, like you know, is there much point? So I, I definitely think a, a two-tier system would be beneficial because at least then everyone has has a chance of winning, you know. And I think that's the most important thing when you're players that you actually have a genuine chance of winning something. And um, yeah, like look, I think we should try it definitely. Like I was really looking forward to this year. Um, I definitely think it should be trialed. And like worst case scenario, we go back to the old format, you know. So I don't think there's any harm in trying it anyway there, yeah. Yeah, so as you said, 2016 is kind of the big year. You bet Cork uh, for the first time, uh, I don't know how many years, it was, it was a good while anyways, and then you reached the Munster final against Kerry. Um, how big was that win against Cork for sorry, your confidence? Because you, as I said there, you hadn't done it in uh, so many years. Asher was massive, like, and we, we hadn't been Cork in, in championship for a long time, even though we came quite close a couple of years previous. But just to finally finally beat one of the top two in Munster was 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 massive. Yeah, it was massive for everyone, not just that group of players, but massive for the county. And um, it was just it was kind of a 
just kind of a kind of a monkey off the back per se. But yeah, we kind of we didn't perform well then in that Munster final, which was also disappointing. Um, we we started well, but we didn't perform well throughout the seventy minutes, which was disappointing. But um, listen, it, it was great to play in the Munster final. It was my only one. Um, hopefully, it won't be my last. But it was a fantastic occasion, blowing Killarney and um, yeah, we just didn't perform to our utmost, which was disappointing. But listen, we we regrouped pretty quickly. Actually, we were out against um, Derry in a, a couple of weeks after that, so we hadn't too much time to kind of wallow or you know self, feel sorry for ourselves. So we got back on the horse, and you know we we got a great victory that day, which was um, which was history now. But it was a fantastic win for us that got us into the quarterfinals. Yeah, even well back then, I think this changed now. But if you reach the provincial final, you get into that round four in the last twelve, and you're suddenly only one game away from the core final. So winning that, breaking that um, sort of dominance of Cork and Kerry was uh, huge to against the core finals then. Ah, it was, and like like I said there a while ago, like getting to the provincial final is massive because, like you said, you're only one game away from what's now the Super 8s and what was then the yeah. quarterfinals. So, like, that, that would be a target of ours every year is to try and get to a provincial final and we take from there because it just makes the roads down the line a little bit more easier. But, um, yeah, look, obviously, since then, like, we, we've kind of stagnated a small bit. We haven't driven on as, as much as we'd like to, but hopefully we'll try and rectify that now. Maybe if we get a chance this year or next year, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, so you bet Derry then, um, I think it was up in Cavani, he bet them by a, a point and then you move on to the core, the core final against Galway. Um, what was your sort of mindset going into that Galway, just hammered for Scotland in the kind of final replay, I think? Yeah, like I suppose, in a way, we were just kind of, I hope I don't. this doesn't come across wrong, but in a way we were kind of just happy to be there. And mm. we said, whatever whatever team we get, we'll just we'll take them on and, and see what happens. But I suppose if there was a province you would have hoped to have gotten that year in the quarterfinal, it would have been Connacht. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, so we just to be fair, we did go up there and, and we knew we could win it. Um, it wasn't just a case of turn up, but we had our homework done on them, like and, and you know we studied them a lot and like that that. The, the Derry game just gave us so much confidence because we were down and it looked like we had lost and but we hung in there and, and we got over the line. So that gave us great confidence going into the game. And it was only like six or seven days later. So again, we hadn't too much time to celebrate or too much time to, you know, um, celebrate the win. We just got back down to business and studied Galway and just approached the game with a good mindset. And um, we started the game really well, which is positive. And, um, to be honest, we never looked like losing it. Um, we seemed in control for the majority of the game. And like what used to happen to us previously is that we we go ahead of a team and we take the foot off the gas and we might end up losing the game. But we never got that sense that day above and Crow Park that when we got ahead when we got ahead of Galway, we just you know with our foot in our neck and we just we kept squeezing and, and we saw the game out well and got to a semi final for the first time and I don't know how long, but it was a fantastic feeling for sure that day. Yeah. It was probably even the way he played. It was just sort of open attacking football, and it was great to watch. It was probably the moment of the the championship that year. Yeah, like, and you know, that's the way we played for the whole year. That's the way we started off um, with the win over Cork, and we tried to play that way against Kerry. It just didn't happen for us, and we played that way against against Derry, and the same against Galway. Now, when you play that way, it's great going forward, but yeah. you do tend to leave yourself that little bit open at the back, and we did concede goals. 
but it was just the case we actually ended up scoring just more than our opposition in those three or four games. So um, it worked for us that year, but you know you do leave yourself open at the back a little bit, and against the top teams, you know they they do kind of punish you that bit more. So I suppose you know we needed to tweak that going forward. But um, yeah, you're dead right. The way we played was really enjoyable. Like from a forward yeah. point of view, it was just. It was just the way you want to play every game, you know, it was kind of 15 or 15 and it was just get the ball into the forwards as quick as possible and, and see can we outscore the opposition and like I said, it, it worked for us to a certain degree that year but um, it definitely needs tweaking because, you know, you do you do end up conceding goals at the other end which is a disappointment. Yeah, it's kind of getting that balance probably, like players want to play attacking football and if you just have 15 men behind the ball the whole time, players probably won't put the same effort in. Yeah, and like let's be honest, like that that style of football, it's boring. It's it's yeah. not enjoyable to play, especially as a forward. And I've been involved in matches and teams where you know we have taken that style. Now listen, every game take, takes on a life of its own, and, and you play horses or courses. So sometimes you have to do that, but it's definitely not the way we were brought up to play the game, and it's definitely not the way the game was intended to be played. So I think we're seeing it a little. That's going now again. I feel I think teams are just going out to play ball and, and try and get the ball into the forwards as quickly as possible by the foot. And I, I just like to see more of that um, more often because it's definitely the way the game is meant to be played. And from a forwards point of view, it's, it's the way we like the game to be played. So, yeah, hopefully that can continue. Before we actually move on to the Mayo game, um, one rule brought in this year was the advanced mark and even about that sort of defensive uh, style. Is it a rule that you like? Um. Yeah, it is to a certain degree. I think, um, like even the, I think the proposed uh, mark originally, the original one was probably the best one, um, where it was just you had to receive it inside the yeah. thirteen. I think that was the way forward. I think the one outside the thirteen is just. I I think teams you can you can really train for that now and just yeah. try and get like a little 10, 15 yard poke kick inside the forty five and get your free. I wouldn't be a fan of that. I think it slows it down too much, but. I think the long ball in beyond the 13 and, and you're rewarding a forward for making a good run and a good kick pass and a good catch. Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, but definitely not, not the way it is now. I just, I don't, I don't like the way it is now. But the original rule was definitely, was definitely one that I would have enjoyed in a big time, yeah. Yeah, as I said, um, you, um, actually said it to Colin Parkinson, you don't mind rewarding someone who catches a high ball um, over their head again, a tightly marked against a defender. That deserves a, a reward. Exactly, yeah. Like I mean, it's probably probably a skill that maybe we don't see enough of in today's game is the high feeling. And like if you have a lad inside who can just, you know, outfield a cornerback or a fullback with a big long kick in, like it, it should be rewarded. Um the only thing I would say on that then though is there like the inside forward might be inclined to just take the mark more often than not yeah. and not kind of go for the goal and you, you could see a possible reduction in goal opportunities or, or that bit of excitement towards the game where he knows he's got a guaranteed point here. Okay, I'll take the mark. Or do you take on the man and just forget about the mark and go for goal? So, look, we're, we're going to have to wait and see again because that was scheduled for this year. So, um, we just have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, so going back then um, to the Mayo game in, in the semi-final, if he were probably in bonus territory against Galway, it was double or triple against Mayo. It was sort of uncharted territory. Um, what was the build-up like to that one? Yeah, it was, it was really exciting. Like, it was probably... Um, we had a couple of weeks in the build-up, so, you know, you got time to kind of enjoy it to a certain degree. And 
and just experience it for what it was. Um, you know, it was the first we got to the last four of the championship, like it was unbelievable, yeah. you know, like and um, we just wanted to kind of let it sink in, but at the same time we were, we knew we had a job to do, so we didn't want to kind of like um enjoy it too much if, if you like. So yeah, listen, like the confidence was good because obviously we played really well in the quarter final, but we also knew that like this team they were class like like I know they hadn't got over the line, but they were the second best team in the country for you know the, the previous three or four years or whatever, and you know they, they had class players all over the field. So we knew we would have had our work cut out, but I suppose again at the time, if there was any team you wanted to play in the semi final, it probably would have been Mayo yeah. and not maybe Dublin or Kerry. You know, so we felt like we had we had a chance. Now the chance was small, but that's all you need in those games is a small chance. But um. Listen, we, we struggled for periods, but then we got back into it straight away after the second half and we brought it back to two and three points. And there was only about four points with a few minutes to go on. And then they got a fluky goal and that was it. And it was game set and match then. But um, they definitely had our homework done on us that day as well. You know, like we didn't, we got no sniff at goal. That supply ball into the full forward line was kind of, um, it was, it was, wasn't as we weren't getting as much as what we were getting in previous games, so they did their homework well there, and yeah, they just they did a good job in that day, and and they got themselves into the final. Look, semis are there to be won; they might be pretty, but um, yeah, they were a good side for sure. But it was a fantastic experience. Like I think there was over sixty odd thousand there that day, and um, it was just an incredible game to be part of. And look, we gave them a good game, but um, they just they just had the edge in us there for the finish, yeah. Uh, it's probably maybe their experience there thinking about winning the All-Ireland and you're probably just thinking we're just taking this game by game and if we get to an All-Ireland final it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the mindset going into the game was probably a lot different from both teams. You know, They were probably saying, yeah, we've been here now the last three or four years, just get the job done, get over the line yeah. and get back to another final. And um, I wouldn't say, like I'd say they gave us the, the, the respect we deserved because we definitely felt it on the day yeah. that, that they gave us the respect we deserved, but for them, it was probably more routine than us. You know, we were probably just there. We were probably taking the experience as it came, and um, we were trying to pl- play as best we can. And we did. We played well, but they just, like I said, they just had that more in the tank for the last 10 minutes, and, and they brought on a couple of subs who contributed really well as well. And we struggled from that point of view. We didn't have the bench necessarily to come on and make the difference that we wanted. So it was probably that and the experience that told on the day, yeah. And what was the support like actually um, around that semi-final? Because you probably had um, people going to, to the game that were pro- probably predominantly a hurling fans and I was sort, sort of um, sporting football. Yeah, probably. And that's fine too. You know, at the end of the day, they're still tip people. So um, the more the merrier. Like, but look, we, we, we wouldn't have a big fan base anyway, regularly. Yeah. So um, geez, there, was definitely, there was definitely thousands of people there that probably wouldn't go to many matches. And that's fine yeah. too. Like it was... It was a big game in Crow Park against a big team, so we were only delighted to see, you know, a massive blue and gold supporter. And it was fantastic, like, even after the game, like, yeah, you lost the game, but you kind of went down with your head held high in a way, you know, and meeting them all across the road in the Crow Park Hotel. It was just, just a great day, like, and a fantastic yeah. experience overall, yeah. Yeah, and have you been disappointed sort of the last three, four years that you haven't built on that reaching the last four maybe getting to a few more monster finals and, and sort of quarter finals ah, yeah big time like um, 2017 was actually after 16 like you know that was the big year to build on and it was actually mm. decent we won 
won Division 3, we got to Division 2, and that was a good start for us. We got a bit of silverware. And then we, we lost to Cork in the Munster semi-final again by a point, a, a last-minute goal. Now, it was a poor performance by us. Yeah. Um, and they got a last a last gas goal, which kind of snuck it for them. But like we had a skeleton of the team that year as well. So if we had gotten to the Munster final last year, you know, it would have been another step and so on, second Munster final in two years. But it just didn't happen. It was probably for the better because... We probably weren't as good that year. We struggled with injuries, and you know, God only knows what could have happened to us in a monster final that year. But yeah, definitely disappointed um, that we we didn't back up that that year's performance over the next couple of years. Um, it's not easy, but uh, we just struggled. We lost a couple of players, a couple of injuries. Look, like every team there, you know, I'm not using those as excuses, but um, yeah, it's disappointing that we didn't build on it for sure. Yeah, but listen, we can only hope that we can do that maybe whenever we get a chance again this year or next year, you know? Yeah, even a few years ago, I think you were close to even playing Division 1. I think you just missed out maybe on the, the last day or two. Like, what's the, what's, yeah. the, what's the aim? Is it to play at least Division 2 and be challenging for, for last eight every year? Yeah, I think so. Just going back to that, there, we were, we were playing Cavan above in Breffney yeah. Park and we lost the game by a point again. And if we'd won that, we were gone up to Division 1. And... At the time, we were kind of like, do we want to go to Division 1? And all mm. the players were like, yeah, of course. You go to Division 1, if you have a chance to go there, you take it. Yeah. And you just you deal with it then the following year. But I suppose hindsight is a great thing. I mean, you know, I could safely say we would have, we would have taken a hidings that year if we had gone up, you know. So, yeah, I would have loved to play in Division 1 to say I played there and played against the top teams. But I suppose in a way, it's probably a good thing that we didn't go up that year because... God only knows what, what that would have done for morale, you know. And um, But, yeah, getting back to your question, I would say it's getting to Division 2. That would be – we're probably a Division 2 team, or, or we'd yeah. like to think we are um, somewhere, somewhere in that division anyway. And just try and get back to the provincial final and, and take it from there. Those are the targets every year is definitely to get to a provincial final. But um, we found out – we find we found that harder the last couple of years than we've expected, you know. So, look – we take it step by step, but again, a provincial final is always a target for, for definite, yeah. Yeah, on a personal note then, you got selected in the International Rules uh, squad against Australia in 2017. Um, how did that come about and how did you find out? Um, I suppose, look, it, it probably came off the back of our good 2016 campaign. Um, I was nominated for an All-Star that year as well, so that definitely helped. And, um, yeah, I just got a phone call from... Daryl O'Shea in I think it was the summer of, of 2017 and I just said we're hosting you know a couple of trial matches above in, above in Dublin there for the international rules and we, we'd like you to become a part of it so that that's where it kicked off and we trained every Friday evening um, stayed above Friday night and trained Saturday mornings for I'd say always a good seven or eight weeks on the trot anyway and um, Joe Kernan was the manager at the time and I just remember one morning we were down at breakfast on a Saturday morning and he just said listen You've, you've made the squad, you know, you're going to Australia. And like, it was just, it was, I was over the moon, to be honest with you. Like, it was probably, it was something I hadn't put too much thought into over the years because I was just focusing on tip, but it was it was definitely something in the back of my mind. I'd love to have made an international route squad if I got the opportunity. And the minute I got the phone call from, from Dara, like, I, I just said, yeah, I'm making this, you know, there was no two ways about it. So, um, yeah, when I got the news, I was just thrilled, you know, and it was a fantastic experience, I must say. 
Yeah, I'm uh, flying over to Australia. What was what was the whole um, experience like, and I suppose the differences between Gaelic football and uh, AFL sort of combining um, together? Yeah, it was definitely hard. Like even those trial matches on the Fridays and Saturday mornings, like it, the first few weeks were tough to get your head around it. Um, the rules in particular, like sometimes you're better off not catching the actually ball yeah. because if you catch it, you can get tackled. So they were kind of instilling us to maybe sometimes not catch it and play to the feet so you can't get tackled. So that was hard to try and get your head around that. But like, look, it was a challenge and it was a challenge we all relished because, you know, you, you were going over to Australia and you were playing professional athletes. And that year in particular, they had the best of the best of AFL players. So we knew we were going to get, we knew we were going to get a, a serious challenge. And like, they were unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't get over how quick they were to, get the ball, like they had the ball in hand and, and they were getting it away so quickly over your shoulder, between your legs, around your body before you had a chance to get a tackle on them. Um, and like, look, we gave them a good good game in both tests, but like they were, they, were, they were far superior over the two games. And I think they're just athleticism and they're just professionalism told in the end. But um, look, it was a fantastic, look, I got to play with some of the best players in Ireland and I got to play against some of the best athletes in Australia. So, I can't complain and you know we two and a half weeks there in a fantastic country with an unbelievable climate and you just got to make friends there from other counties you know I'm still in contact with a few of them today so if nothing else that was that was probably one of the best parts but you know for sure. Uh, was it, would it be something you'd like to see return in the next few years again? Uh, I would yeah definitely like I was disappointed like obviously we're disappointed with this year as a whole but um, it was scheduled to come back this year, I think, and um, it was supposed to be held in Dublin, as far as I know. And that would have been unbelievable. Like you know, look, it's not a trip to Australia, but you get to represent your yeah. country again if, if if you made the squad. So yeah, I was disappointed to see um, to see it scrapped like like our own championship. But listen, the fact that it was scheduled to come back this year mm -hmm. um, might might indicate that you know they're thinking about it yeah. again long term. So hopefully next year it might get back up and running again, and you know. Um, we get a chance to take on the Aussies again because um, I, I enjoyed it anyway. So, and I, I'd say the rest of the players did as well. Yeah, so we'll move on. Um, I asked you to select a team of the best 15 players you, um, you played with. Now, I'm sure it was a hard one because you played with so many through Tipperary yeah. and um, again, the international rules. Uh, it was a hard, I suppose. It was. It was a hard to call, but. Um, when you look at the team, I think it speaks for itself. There's yeah. some, there's some unbelievable players there, and I've left out one or two. I even had to make a late, a late substitution yeah. there myself. I, for, I forgot about someone, but um, it, it was hard and it wasn't because, like I said, it speaks for itself. But um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a few that missed out and a couple of lads who might be too happy. But sure, look, what can you do? Someone has to lose out. I say so. We're starting goals. Um, yeah. if, you, if you want to name it out, maybe. Yeah, Evan Comfort is in goal. Um, definitely the best keeper I've played at anyway. And, uh, tip goalie before him, Paul Cracker Fitz was was unbelievable as well. And played with Niall Morgan, obviously in Australia. But I'm giving the nod to Evan because he's just he's top class. To be fair, unbelievable kick out, great shot stopper. So yeah. Yeah, and then the full back line. Full back line. I went for Kieran uh, McDonald from Tip as well. Um, definitely the best defender I'd say we've produced over the years. Um, his career was cut short um, because he he bad hip problems, problems. But um, one of the best man markers in the game, in my opinion. 
We went for Alan Campbell, then a fullback. He's our current fullback at the minute. Again, one of the best in the business, in my opinion. He's he gets the the job of marking the heart, the best player on the opposition team the whole time. Um, so yeah, he has to be there for me. And then I went for Peter Crowley, I think, in the other corner of yeah. Kerry. Um, I played played a Peter in in Sigerson with UCC in 2013, and he was also in Australia with me. Again, another tough defender, uh, good man marker. And, um, and a good lad as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my full back line. So, you'll be doing well to get past those three lads. Yeah, I mean, who would be like the toughest opponent you come up against? Because um, I'm sure there'd be a lot of man marking jobs done on you. Um, yeah, like, I, I've, marked, I've marked a lot of good players. Like, I've marked Mark O'Shea, who's, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Philly McMahon and Mark Clemen in 2010 and Michael Fitzsimons on the same day actually and the two of them have turned out to be top class defenders so but like those are three of the best of the opposition but like I was marking Kieran our own Kieran in training week in week out like for years and Alan the same and, and they're as good as you get so yeah. you know I I was well I was well primed for those tough defenders um, going into the matches so yeah they'd be a few of the toughest definitely and then a uh, crucial line in, in the field, the half-back line. Uh, who have you got there? Who have I got there? I'm just making sure I have it here. Yeah, Bill Maher, own Bill Maher from Tip. Like, in my opinion, one of the best wing-backs um, in the game on his day. Like, he's small in stature, but he's got pace. He's, he's tough. He's got a good, he's got a savage engine, and he can play a ball as well. So he had to be there for me. He's just, he's an unbelievable man to carry a ball out of the fence for our team. He's just class. I went for our own Robbie Kiley at six as well. Um, just an unbelievable, yeah. an unbelievable man. He's an absolute beast to the six, even though you know he's he's quite small in stature, but he's stocky guy, and just he's he's good going forward as well. But he's got a good head and his shoulder, so he's at six. And I went for um, I put in Brian Fox then number seven from Tape also. So it's an all Tape half back line. Um, Foxy has just been an unbelievable player for Tipperary. He was there when I came in, and he's still there. He just he shows the desire that he had then he as he does now so an unbelievable player some engine incredible work rate so he had to be there for me so again yeah it's a, it's a good half back line as well yeah so we'll uh, move on to midfield then yeah I went for Peter Ashton and Gar and Gary Brennan at middle of the field um, I started my inter county career with Peter he's one of my, my one of my best friends and we played a lot of ball together underage definitely one of the best footballers I've ever seen. Um, not just in Tipperary, but ever. Um, the man never knew when he was bet, like, unbelievable engine, savage work rate, and he was just an animal. He was box to box, like, I don't know how we kept doing it. Um, and a great servant for Tip. Um, and I went for Gary Brennan then. So I was in Australia with Gary, like, and I played against him so many times for, with Claire. And in my opinion, he's just one of the best one of the best midfielders in the, in the business at the minute and has been for the last number of years. Um, he can do it all. He can fetch, he can kick up both feet, he can score, he can work hard. So, yeah, that's a pretty good midfield partnership for me there. Yeah, even if it's the two lads probably don't get the, the credit they deserve because maybe due to media coverage, television, and, and, and that's the, um, covering Division 1 games that actually people don't get to see what's yeah. down nearly Division 3 and 4. Yeah, I think so. And like in 2016, the two of those were nominated for all stars at midfield, yeah. you know. And like, I don't think any would anyone would begrudge begrudge either of them if they got one. But yeah, I, you're right. Like, I think the further you are down the pecking order, the, the less exposure you get. Like, even if you look at Limerick at the time with John Galvin middle of the field, like 
he was one of the best midfielders of, of the game and you know probably didn't get the recognition he deserved so yeah it's definitely a factor all right yeah and then the half forward line yeah like this half forward line speaks for itself i went shane walsh at 10 from galway aiden o'shea mayo 11 and paul ganey at 12 for Kerry. Um, just three unbelievable players in their own right. I think Shane Walsh, Shane Walsh was the player of the league this year so far. And mm. like, I've, I've played against him a few times, but I played with him in Australia. Um, like, the man can do anything with a football. It, 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 it's scary enough. He doesn't know which legacy is bad leg either. Yeah. Um, Aidan O'Shea, Aidan O'Shea, yeah, played with him in, in Australia as well. Just a man mountain, like, he gets through an unmerciful amount of work. And even with Mayo, like, there's so much, so much stuff goes through him. Probably doesn't get the recognition yeah. at times he deserves either because he's just involved in everything for Mayo and, and he's a savage worker. So he gets in there. And Ganey at 12, even though he's, you know, he's an inside forward, but I stuck him in there. I played, I played one year Sigerson with him, even though he was injured for most of it. And I played him in Australia, just a top player, great inside forward um, and a good lad as well. So yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty mm. decent half forward line as I'm looking at it there. And the, the full forward line isn't too bad either. No, it's not too bad either when you look at it. I went for Michael Quinn Living from Tip, 13, Michael Murphy, Donny Gall at 14, and Connor McManus, uh, Monaghan at 15. So, yeah, I've obviously played at Michael <clears throat> for a long time now. He's a top player on his day, uh, just naturally gifted footballer. Um, he just has it all, really. He's got pace, power, skill. And um, yeah, he, he he's a top player in my opinion. Michael Murphy is probably one of the best full forwards of our generation, and he was back to his best form this year. Like he's just a born leader for that Donegal team, and he's just a man mountain as well. So played with him in Australia, and same with Connor played with him over in Australia. Um, he's just he's just one of the best corner forwards in my opinion of our generation as well. You know, he's he's playing with Monaghan there, and if he was playing with any other county. You know, he might have a couple of baller in the middles in his, in his back pocket, but he's a couple of Munster titles and a couple of um, yeah. All-Stars, so I don't think he can be too, he can, he can complain too much. But yeah, that's an unbelievable full forward line, and I reckon they'd make anyone's team, to be honest with you. Yeah, do you think you'd fit yourself in anywhere, replace anyone on that team? Uh, if I could get rid of one, I'd get rid of Quinn Levin. Yeah. There's only, one, there's, only, there's only room for one of us in there. But uh, no, I, no, I don't think so. I... I'm happy enough with that now. I don't think I'd fit in there anywhere. I think the lads I have there now are, are pretty good, you know. Yeah, so we'll, um, we'll end it with uh, just a few quick fire ones. Um, yeah. Think, uh, your favourite match that you played in? Ah, sure. Look, it probably has to be probably has to be Galway 2016, or else or else the Munster 21 final. Of course, uh, Galway just yeah it was just an unbelievable atmosphere great crack great day we played some great football and we won it convincingly in the end when very few people gave us a chance so i'd say um considering how big a game it was that was probably the best one i'd say yeah um what would have been your favorite score is there a score that stands out favorite score um i kicked the winner against Derry to get us to the quarter final that year um if i didn't kick that one you know, God only knows what wouldn't have happened, obviously. Um, so that was that was massive. That's probably up there. I kicked the equaliser and I kicked the winner that day. So those two scores will will, will stay with me forever. Um, and obviously, I got a couple of goals then in the quarterfinal against Galway, which were which were quite big. You know, um, I suppose even the second one was just kind of 
when that went in, you just kind of knew the job was done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- those scores kind of stand out to me really that year. Uh, who would have been the best player you played with? Wait. Um, take your pick from that team, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd probably give it to Michael Murphy. I just think all around he's just, he has it all. The man can do everything. Like he midfield, centre forward, full forward, catch kickouts, kick off both feet, scores free, scores goals. He just has it all for me. Um, and he's had it all since he was like 16, 17. Mm. We played against Donegal in uh, All Ireland quarterfinal on 21 and 2010. And like, you know, Kieran McDonald was marking him, and, and they would have been two unbelievable players. And like, even that day, he was just, he was so good. Like, you know, he was definitely one of the best underage players I've ever played against. And um, he's definitely one of the best players that I, I've ever seen. And I, yeah. Yeah, it's even that you nearly want him everywhere on the field, even up in the full back line, uh, catching yeah. nearly forty fives. It's just he's one of those players that can play nearly anywhere. Yeah, you could do a two or three Michael Murphys, you know, and if you did, you you wouldn't be doing too bad. Yeah, and uh, we'll end um, the last question with uh, the best manager you've played under. Best manager I've played under. Yeah, sure. Look, I'm probably going to have to give it to Liam Kearns. Um, he was there for four odd years, like, and he he just brought football into county on so much. And he was definitely the most professional manager I've ever come across. He just the homework he did on the opposition. Um, you know, everything had to be perfect. Um, like when he was when he was training, it was it was all football and nothing else. You know, and it was a strictly professional relationship. But just the work he put in. Um, on the field and, and outside, but more so with, you know, video analysis and going to other games and just preparation on the opposition was, was big for him. So I would say definitely the most professional manager I was ever involved with, yeah, to date. And I, so even Kearns gets the nod. Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Connor, for coming on. No problem, Dara. Thanks very much for having me. It was good old crack. Well, and um, yeah, keep an eye on the channel. More videos coming soon.